From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Cotet. This is Idaho Matters. The Idaho legislature is planning to once again tackle the issue of school choice during this year's session with a bill that gives parents a tax credit to help offset the cost of private school. So we're taking a deep dive into school choice and we're looking at how this would impact kids and their parents as well as public and private schools, charter and religious schools, and taxpayers and educators. So we wondered how school choice programs were faring in other states. So today, we asked Chris Cargill to join us. He is the president and CEO of Mountain States Policy Center, and he took a look at 187 studies on school choice programs all around the country. Chris, I want to welcome you to the program, and thank you for being here today. My pleasure, Gemma. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into all of this, Chris, can you just tell us uh, what the Mountain States Policy Center is? Yes, uh, it's a free market think tank. So if folks have heard of groups like uh, the Heritage Foundation or the Brookings Institute or the American Enterprise Institute, of course, those are national think tanks that do a lot of their work in Washington, D.C. We're a we're a statewide or regional think tank based right here in Idaho, and we do public policy research and analysis on matters of uh, agriculture, education, environment, uh, budget and tax, healthcare, transportation, um, and transparency throughout the state. So we've been in existence for about two years now. And um, our goal is to provide that research and analysis. We don't get involved in the uh, political uh, back and forth or the gamesmanship. We don't endorse candidates. We don't endorse parties. We're in the ideas business. And our goal is to provide the best uh, ideas possible from a, a free market perspective. Okay, so with that said, does the center have an official position that on school choice or the bill that's currently in the Idaho legislature? Well, we don't take official positions on any bills, but we do tell you that uh, based on our research that we've done, uh, we need more education choice options. And when I say education choice, that's a, that's an all of the above uh, statement. Uh, public schools are part of education choice. Uh, as our private schools, as our charter schools, magnet schools, religious schools, homeschools, all of that combines to create what we call education choice. So it, it is inaccurate for anyone to say education choice means shutting down public schools. In fact, the majority of uh, families in our state, whether a program like this passes, uh, will take advantage of public schools and, and stick with their public schools because their public schools are serving them uh, just fine. What we're talking about here is, is for the small segment of folks or students, I should say, who don't necessarily fit into that public school box, who need other options. Special needs students are a perfect example of this. My son is a special needs student and and doesn't can't um, concentrate, can't perform well in the typical public school setting. So we have him in an online school, and that's part of education choice uh, as well. So we take a look at things from an all of the above approach. So let's get into your look then at studies that have been done on school choice programs. First, how many studies did you find? Well, it's interesting because we've heard quite often, and I, you know, I was in a debate uh, about a year ago uh, with a, a gentleman who was opposed to education choice uh, and respected his views uh, on this. But he said something that caught my attention. He said there are no studies out there that show that education choice uh, has an impact or or works as as it should. And so uh, that caught my attention. I went back and uh, took a look at the research and found 
that actually there are more than 180 studies on education choice, uh, and the results are overwhelming. In fact, uh, researchers looked at the fiscal effects, parental uh, satisfaction, test scores, attainment, civic values, school safety, racial integration, and remarkably, 84% of those studies showed a positive effect. 10% showed no impact, and then 6% showed a negative result. So I will tell you, Gemma, if you've, if you've got those kind of odds, you should go buy your lottery ticket because those, those are pretty good odds. <laughs> okay, so these studies then, Chris, looked at all kinds of school choice programs in several correct. states, correct? Okay. Yeah, that's right. But they aren't apples to apples comparisons. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that because you found that the largest chunk of research was on the fiscal impact of school choice programs. Right. And what did you find in that regard? Yeah, and, and it's interesting because each one of these segments, you're exactly right. I mean, I mean, no school choice program is going to compare directly with another school choice program because every state does it differently. And what we've suggested at, at Mountain States Policy Center is that we should really look at an Idaho-specific plan. We don't have to do it like Indiana or or Arizona, or Utah, or any other state. We should have an Idaho-specific plan. But to your point, and to your question, Gemma, the uh, researchers examine in that fiscal impact part, they examine 24 voucher programs that are out there. They examine 18 tax credit scholarship programs, three education savings accounts uh, programs, and then one privately funded scholarship program. And this was across 23 states and Washington, D.C. So altogether, there were 74 studies, and 68 of those found that the programs generated net savings for taxpayers. Another five found that the programs were cost-neutral, and then five estimated uh, an increase in costs. So uh, I, I think what's, what that tells us is that when you when you set up a an education choice program, um, the program itself can cost money depending on how it's set mm -hmm. up and, and what particular program it is, but it also can end up saving money uh, in the typical public school setting uh, because the typical public school setting um, may see a cost savings from students who have decided that they need to have a different option or, or other parts uh, of the way the program might be set up. So again, it's different in every state. And what uh, is being suggested, what has been introduced this legislative session is a tax credit. So it is not a voucher program. It's not an education savings account. It's a tax credit, which works much differently uh, than the way some of these other programs work. So what about test scores when it comes to these studies? Did the studies find that these programs helped or hindered test results? And with that, um, Chris, what about public school student test scores? Were they impacted? Yeah, uh, it's interesting because 26 of the 29 studies uh, that looked specifically at public school student, uh, student test scores found positive effects. And that's really important to realize because what we're talking about here are those who have, have basically decided that they are going to stay in the public school setting and not necessarily take advantage of the education choice program, which is fine. Again, most students will do that. But what's remarkable, and the Peabody Journal of Education has pointed this out as well, is that we see an increase in test results from students who don't take advantage of the program, who stay in the public school setting. And I think there are many different reasons for that. Um, I think one of the reasons is because 
uh, what what you see is is some of the students who are uh, in a more challenging situation perhaps find different alternatives, which helps teachers in a typical public school setting um, perhaps concentrate on this on other students. But I think you also see Gemma in some of these uh, states the way their programs are set up is in many ways it's supplementing what the public schools are doing. So for example, in some states they have. Uh, education uh, choice plans that allow you to use part of the money to help get your child extra tutoring outside of the classroom Mm-hmm. or get extra assistance outside of the classroom. Well, that can only help you um, uh, in terms of whether you're a student. That can only help you inside of the classroom as well. And it can only provide your teacher an assist as well if you're constantly getting tutoring after school, thanks to an education choice
who need other options as well. So I know, Chris, that you've made a point of saying that every program and every child is different. With that said, is it fair to say then that not everyone is going to have or get the same results from a school choice program, no matter how, you know, what what you use for it, right? Is it vouchers? Is it tax credit? Whatever that looks like, not everyone is going to end up with the same results. A hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent, Jim. And I think that's the case no matter what we do with with education. I think no child is going to get the same result in a public school. No child is going to get the same result in a in a charter school. And the reason for that, of course, is because every child is different. Um, you know, as as I mentioned earlier, my, my son is autistic. And, and the saying is, if you've met one autistic child, you've met one autistic child, uh, because every one of them uh, is different. And I would tell you, I would just expand on that and say, every child is different. Doesn't if you've met if you've met one kid, mm-hmm. you've met one kid. Uh, and every child is going to have a different experience. Every child is going to have different needs. And I think that's why, quite frankly, Gemma, that we need more options. Um, that we we shouldn't just be satisfied by saying, well, we've got this, this, this. You can choose any car as long as it's a red car. We need more options uh, to give parents more opportunity because, quite frankly, Gemma, it shouldn't matter to us as as a state and as policymakers and as lawmakers or as as policy analysts. It shouldn't matter where a child gets his or her education so long as it's a great education. That is the number one goal we should have as a state. I want to thank you for this conversation. We've been talking with Chris Cargill. He is the president and CEO of Mountain States Policy Center. He took a look at 187 studies on school choice programs all around the country. Chris, I really appreciate your perspective. My pleasure. Thanks, Jim. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.